From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. Today we got episode 290. This is the first ever Passengers Pick episode. I put up a poll on Twitter with four shows. And I said, you guys decide what we talk about today. And ladies and gentlemen, you let your voices be heard. You let your voices be known. Like you will be doing every Friday with the passengers pick because on episode 290 ladies and gentlemen we are talking about a show that I hold near and dear to my heart ECW One Night Stand 2005 let's go Hammers rung, news cameras never come. You and your man's hung in every verse in your rhyme. With a grand for slums, niggas vanish every summer. With the blue vans will come, we throw the work in the can and run. With the plans with to get funded, skate up the set. To achieve this goal quicker, so all my weight wet. Face with immeasurable odds, still I gave straight bets. So I felt the most something that you nothing check. I'm from the other side where other guys don't walk too much. And girls in the projects went fuckers, said we talk too much. So they ran up the time to this them dudes to trust. I don't know what the fuck they thought. Them niggas is foul just like us. I'm from with a beef is inevitable. Summertime's unforgettable. Boots is in abundance. By half price, sweater new. The word was everything. So everything you said you do, you did it. Couldn't talk about it if you ain't living. I'm from with niggas. Pull your car and argue all day about who's the best MCs. Biggie, Jay Z, and Oz. With the drug saws evolve. And love's all been odds. At each other's throats for the love of foreign cars. The catch, catch cases. Hoping to judge. But most times find themselves locked up behind bars. That all. I'm from where they ball and breed rhyme stars. I'm from Marcy, son. Just thought I'd remind y'all. Cook up a lung where I'm from. Marcy, son. Ain't nothing nice. Many places, but I'm Brooklyn's own. Cook up a lung where I'm from. Marcy, son. Ain't nothing nice. Many places, but I'm Brooklyn's own. Cook up a lung where I'm from. Marcy, son. Ain't nothing nice. Many places, but I'm Brooklyn's own. Cook up a lung where I'm from. Marcy, son. Ain't nothing nice. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 290 of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro, and thank you for allowing me into your Friday morning routine like you do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast on iHeartRadio and on all other podcast platforms. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so excited because today we have the very first ever Passengers Pick. I put up a poll, like I said, on Twitter. I let you guys know that on Friday, you guys choose what I talk about. 
and the voices were heard. The wrestling DeLorean passengers were heard. They want me to talk about ECW One Night Stand 2005, a show that I was at live, a show that I remember the buildup to almost like it was yesterday, a show that I hold near and dear to my heart. Ladies and gentlemen, before we get into this episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, make sure you follow on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. And follow on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Also, you can catch me every Sunday on the Circle of Debate Podcast. Especially this Sunday. Check out the Circle of Debate because it is the big episode 150. Going live on the Bloodline Entertainment Network at 3 o'clock Eastern. You do not want to miss out on that. A lot of good content on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. So make sure you check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to get extreme. Usually I talk about ECW on Wednesdays, but like I said, Friday is the wild card, baby. Anything could go down on Friday. Anything could be talked about on Friday because you choose what I talk about on Friday. Every week. We're going to make this a thing. Every week I'm going to put up the poll. I'm going to say, hey, Friday, passengers pick four shows. Pick which one you want me to talk about. We had a beautiful, beautiful show. And let me let me talk about the results of this poll. We had four shows listed. Show one was ECW One Night Stand 2005. Show two was TNA Unbreakable 2005. Show three was WWE Survivor Series 2003. And show four was All In. Talk about the the results. Coming in at 44% ECW One Night Stand. Your winner coming in at 7% TNA Unbreakable. 19% WWE Survivor Series 03. And 30% All In. I am so glad that you guys chose the show that you guys chose. I remember this build up like it was yesterday. You know, when I was 10 years old. For Christmas 2004, I remember getting a DVD that would change my life forever. And that DVD is regarded as one of the greatest WWE home videos of all time. And that is the rise and fall of ECW. It was that that DVD that made me fall in love with ECW. And I know know what you guys are thinking. De Niro, you you said you used to go to ECW shows before it it went out of business. You you said you used to stay up and watch. Yeah, I used to stay up and watch ECW, but it wasn't something that I was able to do all the time. I mean, I was a child. I had school the next day. It was hard for me to stay up and watch ECW. Back in the day, we didn't have DVR. I loved ECW, but I didn't get to see it episodically like... I wish I could have, like I'm doing now for the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. I had to watch it when I could watch it. I didn't know too much about the history of it. I just knew that it was absolutely crazy and I wanted to know more. And in 2004, I got to know more because of that DVD, The Rise and Fall of ECW. Loved it. Watched it like a thousand times. And then... 
come May 2005-ish, I'm watching Monday Night Raw and all of a sudden a commercial for ECW comes on. Saying that they're going to be putting the band back together for one night only. ECW one night stand live from the Hammerstein Ballroom in Manhattan, New York. My neck of the woods. There was no way in hell that I was not going to be there. I had to be there. At 11 years old, I begged, I pleaded, and it worked because my parents got me tickets to ECW One Night Stand. I remember the Raws building up to this. I remember Eric Bischoff having the funeral for ECW. I remember Paul Heyman coming out and saying, you think you know what ECW is all about? You have no clue, Eric Bischoff. ECW was a lifestyle. It was anti-establishment. It was counterculture. And it was up in your face. And you will find that out June 12th, 2005 in the Hammerstein Ballroom live for ECW's One Night Stand. Eric Bischoff was hell-bent I'm making sure that ECW was dead and stay dead. So he let it be known that when ECW returns and they come to the Hammerstein Ballroom, he'll be there. And he won't be coming alone because he'll be coming with the crew of WWE Crusaders. Some of the top heels in the WWE were coming to make sure ECW stays dead and buried. Over on the SmackDown side, JBL and Kurt Angle were very vocal that ECW deserves to stay dead and buried. I remember the go-home show when the Dudley boys made their return during a tables matchup between, I believe, Tomko versus Chris Benoit. The Dudley boys make their return. They hit a 3D on Tomko. Eric Bischoff brings out a bunch of wrestlers. They surround the ring. They surround the Dudley boys and Chris Benoit. Paul Heyman gets on the mic and says, Eric Bischoff, in case you haven't noticed, ECW never backs down from anybody. He points to the stands and out comes the ECW locker room. The ECW alumni is here on Monday Night Raw. We had Rhino, we had Tommy Dreamer, we had the Sandman, we had Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney. They took out the WWE roster and they waved the flag. They planted their flag in the soil because they had a ECW banner that they waved loud and proud. Then a couple nights later on Thursday Night SmackDown, Kurt Angle attacked Taz at commentary, leading to Taz to come back with Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten to take out more of the WWE contingency. And the stage is set. The stage is set. ECW when I stand. Manhattan Center. Hammerstein Ballroom. June 12, 2005. And when we come back from this commercial break, we're going to be talking about all about this historic, historic show. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. 
From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Let's get right into the show. We start out with a loud ECW chant from the loud and jam-packed rabid fans here in the Hammerstein Ballroom. Then the famous ECW theme song hits, and Joey Styles is introduced. And he comes right out, and then he hits his signature, Oh my God! He then welcomes everybody to the show, just like... Every other ECW pay-per-view starts out with Joey Styles welcoming everybody to the show. He then announces and brings out his co-host for the night, Cactus Jack McFoley. Who better? We then get the opening video package, the classic ECW video package. First matchup of the night, we got the Lionheart, Chris Jericho, versus Lance Storm with Dawn Marie. This is the first time we see Lionheart Chris Jericho since the WCW days, and the last time we see Lionheart Chris Jericho into 2002 in AEW. Mick Foley reminds us that Chris Jericho's first championship in North America was the ECW title. This is such a technically sound matchup. You won't see any mistakes here. Very evenly matched. 
we get a loud Chris Candido chant, which I, I thought was very apropos because I'm constantly talking about Chris Candido being linked with Lance Storm on the ECW Hardcore TVs that I'm currently talking about. Big chant for Chris Candido. Rest in peace to Mr. No Gimmicks Needed. Uh, in the end, though, with the help of Jason and Just Incredible hitting Chris Jericho with a candlestick shot, Lance Storm picks up the Duke, and he is your victor here. In the opening match of VCW When I Stand, we see Lance Storm celebrating over the limp body of his former partner, Chris Jericho. We then see the Impact players hit their signature pose. Very fun opening matchup. I thoroughly enjoyed this. We then see an empty section in the balcony. This is where the WWE Invaders are going to be later on tonight. We then see the Pitbull, Gary Wolf, from the legendary ECW team, the Pitbulls. They show a montage of fallen ECW wrestlers. Here they show Bam Bam Terry Gordy, Bam Bam Bigelow, Mike Lockwood, a.k.a. Crash Holly, Chris Candido, Rocco Rock from The Public Enemy. Really, really nice. They show uh, Pitbull number two. Really, really nice here that they gave this a uh, little moment for the fallen wrestlers of ECW. I thought that that was really cool that they did that. Next, we get an international three-way dance. Between Yoshihiro to Jerry with his manager, the Sinister Minister, a.k.a. Father James Mitchell, and his partner, Mikey Whipwreck, versus Little Guido with the rest of the FBI, Big Guido, Tracy Smothers, J.T. Smith, and Tony Mamaluke versus Super Crazy. This matchup was awesome, awesome, awesome. Fast-paced. This was the matchup that put ECW on TNN on the motherfucking map. These three had amazing three-way dances in the 1999 and 2000 era for ECW, and this was no different. Early on, Super Crazy has the upper hand and is taking out everybody. He then goes to the crowd and hits a balcony moonsault on all of the FBI. I absolutely love this. This is one of my favorite moments of the show, him hitting the balcony moonsault. I love that Joey Styles said, oh my God, in Spanish by screaming, adios mio! Really fucking awesome. Great, great, great shit here. Uh, back in the ring, Little Guido goes to the top rope. Big Guido picks Tajeri up in a powerbomb type position, but Tajeri spits the green mist in Little Guido's face. The, cinema, the sinister minister comes in, and he hits a low blow on Big Guido. Mikey Whipwreck then goes to the top rope and hits the whippersnapper on Little Guido from the top rope, allowing Tajeri to hit the pin. One, two, three. Little Guido is eliminated. It is now down to super crazy anti-Jerry. These two have a nice little mini one-on-one matchup. But in the end, Super Crazy wins with a huge powerbomb. And then three moonsaults. One from the bottom rope, one from the middle rope, one from the top rope. Your winner of the matchup and the international three-way dance. The insane luchador, Super Crazy. We then get a montage of early ECW memories. Oh, by the way, that matchup, if I'm giving ratings. First off, the, the Landstorm and... Chris Jericho matchup. I'm giving a clean three stars. Very good matchup. The second matchup was a lot shorter, a lot more fun. I think that there was a lot more high spots in there. I'm going to give it 3.5. I thoroughly enjoyed it. We get a montage of early ECW memories from the 94, 95 era of ECW. Shane Douglas throwing down the title. You know, in the tradition of uh, Luthez, Ricky Steamboat, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair. They can all kiss my ass. I love that. You know, shout out to my homie Chris Kennedy from the Circle Debate who just had an awesome, awesome, awesome interview with the franchise Shane Douglas that you could check out on the Circle Debate and Bloodline YouTube pages. 
Next matchup, we have Extreme Lucha Libre as two luchador rivals step in the ring. It is Psychosis versus Rey Mysterio. These two had classics in ECW. They were there for a short time, but they had classics. I'm talking, if you guys remember, the Mexican death match between Rey Mysterio and Psychosis from the ECW arena in 1995. Check that matchup out. You will not be disappointed. Uh, when Psychosis comes out here, he removes his mask in respect to the fans. You know, this is not the first time we see Psychosis' face without the mask, but it is the first time that Psychosis comes out with the mask and then removes it out of respect for the ECW fans. And what do the ECW fans do in return? They chant, put your mask back on. <laughs> I guess the ECW fans want to see old school psychosis with the mask, with the crazy hair and the horns. They don't get that here. Uh, you got to love ECW. Psychosis puts Rey Mysterio outside in the guardrail. He hits a huge top rope guillotined leg drop from the top. Really, really crazy move. Rey Mysterio does a dive onto psychosis into the front row. In the end, Rey Mysterio wins against his biggest and longest rival with the 619, which gets boos from the fans. You know, Rey Mysterio is an ECW alumni. This wasn't just a WWE guy they threw on the show. I would just say maybe they booed because Rey Mysterio was doing his WWE moves and his WWE style and his WWE look. And then maybe they want the old school Rey Mysterio Jr., but... I don't know. I feel like the fans were maybe a little too harsh on Ray Ray here because, yeah, Ray Mysterio loved his time in ECW, never had a bad thing to say about ECW, and wanted to be on this show. So for him to get booed here was a little eh. We then get the ECW SmackDown Crusaders who come. They have arrived. They're here to ruin the show. We now get more ECW memories. And then after that, Joel Gertner is here. And he hits you with the classic, well, well, well. Joe Gertner is up by the SmackDown Crusaders. Kurt Angle grabs the microphone and JBL pushes Joe Gertner down. Kurt Angle then slanders the ECW fans. The fans are chanting, you suck dick at Kurt Angle. And Kurt Angle says in return, your mother taught me how. <laughs> Last time he was in ECW, he walked out, he said, because ECW was nothing but dumb idiots who were brutalizing themselves, and he is above that. JBL then grabs the mic, and he says that he sells out Madison Square Garden while ECW could barely fill a bingo hall. He says that he is above ECW because he is a wrestling god. He then he says the only chance that this pay-per-view has of succeeding is because he's here tonight. He's then interrupted by the music of Rob Van Dam, who gets a huge pop. He's out here with a friend of the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, Bill Alfonso. Check out my interview along with Chris Kennedy with Bill Alfonso on the Circle of Debate YouTube channel. Very, very awesome interview with Bill Alfonso. Uh, Rey Mysterio, not Rey Mysterio, god damn it. Rob Van Dam is here. He gets on the mic and he says that this is awesome. He, he, he talks about how he loves Fonzie and he, if it was up to him, Bill Alfonso would have a job in the WWE a long time ago. He says that he and the fans loved ECW. He loves the fans of ECW. He brings up some of his memories in ECW. He talks about RVD 420, and that means he just smoked your ass. He said, do you remember my historic TV title reign lasting two years? He says that, you know, people used to chant my name from the beginning of the show, all through intermission, all the way to the main event. 
It was his idea. He said he went to the boss man. He told Vince McMahon, hey, have you ever been thinking about doing an ECW pay-per-view? You know, a lot of the guys, they, they, they still want to do that ECW style and wrestle in front of those ECW fans. You don't even have to turn on the lights in the venue because that's not what they were about. They want to go out there and show their passion that they have for professional wrestling and for ECW. He says that this is worse. You know, he's injured. He had a knee injury, and this is worse than missing WrestleMania to him being not able to wrestle on this show. He then says that Rob Van Dam is ECW because Rob Van Dam is the whole fucking show. He then turns around and his rival Rhino gives Rob Van Dam a huge gore, breaking him in half. Rhino then goes after Rob Van Dam's injured knee. Lights go out. Lights go back on. And Sabu is in the ring. The suicidal, homicidal, genocidal, death-defying Sabu is here. And then a referee slides in. And we have an impromptu matchup. It is Rhino versus Sabu. This is what everything what ECW is about. If you look at this segment, it starts out with Joe Gertner. Then Joe Gertner gets, you know, assaulted by the WWE SmackDown Crusaders, which leads to Rob Van Dam coming out which leads to Rhino attacking, which leads to Sabu coming out, and now an impromptu matchup. Go watch classic ECW. This is what ECW is all about, this wild, wild west wrestling. This matchup is really awesome. You know, we had great, great spots. The triple jump moonsault by Sabu. Rhino hits his uh, patented Rhino driver. In the end, though, Rob Van Dam comes back into the ring and hits the skateboard with the chair on Rhino's face in the corner, leading to Sabu going to the top rope and hitting a top rope Arabian skull crusher with the chair through a table on Rhino. One, two, three, your winner is Sabu. Something that fans don't know is two nights before this was another ECW reunion show ran by the franchise Shane Douglas, who was not on this show for ECW When I Stand. The franchise Shane Douglas wrestled Sabu and Terry Funk in the main event of that show in a no-rope barbed wire matchup where Sabu was bleeding buckets. And just two nights later, after a no-rope barbed wire matchup, Sabu is bandaged up and wrestling here in front of the ECW fans at One Night Stand. Big kudos to the human highlight reel, the suicidal, homicidal, genocidal, death-defying Sabu. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day... Your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We then see Al Snow backstage with Head. He brings up more ECW memories. And then we get the Raw Crusaders who come and arrive. Eric Bischoff leading the charge with one fan spitting beer in Eric Bischoff's face. Next matchup on the show, we have Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero. A matchup that Paul Heyman never got to book in the original ECW, but said that if they were able to get to pay-per-view in 1995, it would have been headlined by two matches. Raven versus Dreamer and Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero. This matchup was a good matchup. Definitely wasn't at the par of what these guys have done in the past. Um, sad to know that Eddie Guerrero lost his life just a few months after this. Um, and also to think a year before this, one year before this, Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit were standing in the middle of Madison Square Garden at the end of WrestleMania 20 as your WWE champion and as your WWE World Heavyweight champion. So this was a big matchup for this type of show in front of this type of crowd because, like I said, just a year before, these were the top guys in the WWE. Good matchup. Wasn't the best. In the end, Chris Benoit wins with the Crippler crossface. Good matchup. I wasn't hating it. It was a good matchup. Joel Gurner is back up in the balcony, and he's begging Eric Bischoff for a job. Eric Bischoff says no. Then he grabs the mic and talks about how much ECW sucks. Next matchup, we have Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka. This was a matchup that tore down the house every time these two stepped into the ring in 1998, 1999, and early 2000 for ECW. Masato Tanaka and Mike Awesome feuded all through uh, FMW in Japan. Had a feud where they uh, went back and forth with the ECW champion and ECW. And it was only right that they had this matchup here one night standing. Out of all the wars that these guys had, I gotta say, this matchup was probably their best matchup that they had against each other. I've seen some of their FMW championship matches. I've seen all of their ECW championship matches. This matchup was far and beyond those matches. And I got to say, I understand Joey Styles playing the, you know, ECW heart and soul and the spokesperson for ECW and hating on Mike Awesome for the majority of the matchup because Mike Awesome left ECW as he was the ECW champion, turned his back on ECW. I do feel, you know, it's very eerie. Looking back at it now, when Joey Styles says things like, Mike Awesome hits a suicide dive and it's a damn shame he didn't succeed in taking his life. Knowing that just a mere year later, Mike Awesome does commit suicide. I, I watched this back and I almost want to watch it on mute because as much of a fan of Joey Styles as I am, Joey Styles by far is my favorite commentator of all time. I do feel like he ruins this matchup between Awesome and Tanaka at, in times. Because 
it's a phenomenal matchup. Amazing, amazing action here where these two guys are beating the shit out of each other with stiff, stiff chair shots, insane spots through tables. And you got Joey Styles just in his feelings. And I wish that he really kept it, you know, more professional here. But nonetheless, match of the motherfucking night. This matchup was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Insane action here. Mike Awesome wins when he hits a awesome bomb to the outside through a table and then does a dive onto the carcass of Masato Tanaka for the pin. One, two, three. The Gladiator. Mike Awesome. Really enjoyed this. Like I said, match of the night. I'm giving it a strong four and a half. Maybe four and three fourth stars. It was a fucking banger, yo. Out comes the original ECW ring announcer Bob Ortiz, and out behind him comes the mastermind, the cult leader, the leader, the boss, Paul Heyman. He comes out and he says that he's not crying. He just came back from smoking a joint with Rob Van Dam. He then says thank you to not only the fans for making ECW what it was, he said in his heart he has to thank Todd Gordon for allowing him to play out his vision of ECW. He wants to thank Ron Buffone, who was the producer of ECW television. And then he says before he leaves, he has something to say to those WWE Crusaders. He says, Eric Bischoff, in case you haven't noticed, it's not Paul Heyman with his tail between his legs at a WCW pay-per-view. You are in our house, bitch. Then the future wise man and personal counsel to the tribal chief Roman Reigns turns his attention to Edge and said, hide your wives, it's Edge. Because at this time, Matt Hardy was released from the WWE due to the scandal between Matt Hardy, Lita, and Edge. Edge basically stealing Lita from Matt Hardy. Very, very touchy shit here. The crowd was chanting, we want Matt. And Paul Heyman falls right into it and says, hey, I'll say something to you that no one with the balls and a written promo has to say to you. And that's three words. Matt freaking Hardy. He then says and turns his attention to JBL. He says, look who it is. JBL. ECW bounce checks. Since he want to shoot, cowboy, let's shoot. The only reason you were WWE champion for a year was because Triple H didn't want to work Tuesdays. Amazing, amazing line there. Breaking the fourth wall of when SmackDown is actually recorded. I love this. Really, really good shit here. Classic, classic pipe bomb by Paul Heyman. He then ends it with saying that this isn't WCW. This isn't Raw. This isn't SmackDown. This ain't even WWE. This, my friends, is E-C-fucking-W. And if there was anything that personified ECW... It was the main event. The Dudley Boys versus Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman. This was where Sandman had his historic, classic, awesome, awesome entrance to Enter Sandman by Metallica, where he just goes all over the building. He's drinking beer. The whole crowd is singing along with the songs. He's, he's pouring beer on girls in the front row and licking their chest. Crazy, crazy shit here. Before the matchup starts, though, the BWO make their way to the ring, and they attack the Sandman. Which leads to Kid Cash coming out, and he tries to fight off the BWO, and then out comes Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten to even out the odds. We have a huge brawl. Wild, wild west shit. Like, you always hear me say it when I'm talking about ECW on the hardcore TV reviews. This is wild, wild west shit. Uh, Huge brawl on the outside. Kid Cash then hits a massive dive onto everybody, taking everybody out, and then this hardcore war begins 
with Bubba Ray and Tommy Dreamer in the ring. Bubba Ray's carving Tommy Dreamer up with a cheese grater, just totally making his blood gush out. It was disgusting. Just a lot of crazy hardcore spots here. In the end, Just Incredible and Landstorm, the Impact players get involved with the Queen of Extreme Francine, another fan of the, another friend of the podcast, I should say. They take out Tommy Dreamer when Just Incredible hits a That's Incredible Corkscrew pile driver onto a barbed wire sphere. 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 Oh, gosh. You know what I'm trying to say. A sphere. <laughs> Not a spear, a sphere. Out comes Beulah McGillicuddy, who hasn't been seen in the wrestling world since 1998. She's here in 2005. She takes out Francine. We have a cat fight. You got Joy Styles screaming, cat fight, cat fight. Then Beulah McGillicuddy and Tommy Dreamer hits a double DDT onto the Dudley boys. The Dudley boys, though, get the upper hand. Out comes Spike Dudley with lighter fluid. And this match ends when Bubba Ray Dudley hits a massive Powerbomb onto Tommy Dreamer through a flaming table. Huge spot. The Dudley boys then go after Beulah McGillicuddy, but the Sandman makes a save. He then asks for someone to give him a beer. He's screaming, give me a beer. Someone give me a beer. And who better to answer the call than the beer bashing Texas Rattlesnake Stone Cold Steve Austin who comes out here. For those who don't know, Stone Cold Steve Austin himself is also an ECW alumni. He comes out here and he says that before he gives the Sandman a beer, there's some unfinished business. He calls out all the members of the ECW roster backstage, come out to the ring. He says that because he wants to see a fight. All the wrestlers from ECW, they're in the ring. They call out. The WWE Crusaders sitting in the balcony. Stone Cold gives them a count of 10. He says, if you don't come down and fight these wrestlers in the ring, I'll go up there and smack the shit out of each and every one of you son of a bitches. The WWE wrestlers oblige. They come out to the ring, and we have a huge brawl between the WWE Crusaders and the ECW locker room. Um, out comes the... One of the faces of ECW, probably somebody who's on the Mount Rushmore of ECW, the human suplex machine, Taz, who was attacked by Kurt Angle on SmackDown the prior Thursday. He's here to get his revenge. This is not the commentator, Taz. This is not the mood is about to change, Taz, on WWE. This is 1Z, Taz. This is FTW, Taz. This is ECW, Taz, who comes out here, and he chokes out Kurt Angle with the Taz mission. We have some clubbing blows, and we have a shoot fight going on between the Blue Meanie and JBL. This is just absolute mayhem. In the end, the WWE wrestlers, they all file to the back. They, they lose the fight to ECW. But on the commentary table is Eric Bischoff, and Mick Foley grabs Eric Bischoff by the back of the neck and brings him into the ring. You then had Chris Benoit hit a diving headbutt, diving headbutt, diving headbutt on Eric Bischoff. Rey Mysterio hits a 619 on Eric Bischoff. And then Stone Cold hits a huge Stone Cold stunner on Eric Bischoff. And then the Dudley boys take him out of the whole arena. They carry him like trash and throw him outside the building. And then Stone Cold starts giving out beers. They have a beer bash. ECW celebrates to end the show. What an awesome, awesome finish to an awesome, awesome show that will go down in history as one of the best shows I say in wrestling, I love this show. This is such a historic pay-per-view. I'm giving it a strong, strong, strong rating 
you know, I'm going to give it a half a star up because I was there. And I have such fond memories of this. But watching it back, I'm still going to give it a strong rating. I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5 stars. Loved it, loved it, loved it. And I appreciate my beautiful Wrestling DeLorean passengers for picking ECW One Night Stand for the very first ever DeLorean Passengers pick next week. We'll have four more shows, four new shows up on the poll, and we will see who you pick for this upcoming Friday's Passengers pick. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Catch me tonight on Top Rope Wrestling Talk on the Bloodline Entertainment Network, and you will catch me here on Monday with a new episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I love you guys. Enjoy your weekend. I'll catch you on Monday. Peace out. One love. Tough in the hood Till the wolves come Bitches let a drink in the club Till the wolves come Surrounded by the sheep in the street Till the wolves come Everyone strip on the floor We the wolves done Who can fuck with De Niro? I got a Snyder extender clip So who wanna play hero? Go bad shit like Ozzy I was born in the darkness Oh, you the wolf Till we pull up and you're harmless So pray to Oliver the Don Dada The top shotter The top spot Final boss you cross That's when you ride stop Basquiat with that white chalk Trigger finger streets Might leave your brains on the sidewalk Niggas acting tough in the hood Till the wolves come Bitches let a drink in the club Till the wolves come Surrounded by the sheep in the street Till the wolves come Everyone strip on the floor Till the wolves come Heard them got them niggas They be moving in the packs Think the shit is sweet They be plotting in the back Summertime better be careful where you at No matter Addy nigga We gon' get you where you lack Dipping, creeping through the night is precise Catch a nigga slipping for his ice worth your life Answers yes, well did nigga pay your price Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight South Bronx, midnight, niggas moving packs cause they hunting I'm moving packs of that onion, but probably packing them something Catch him slipping with them coals and he ain't telling us nothing Catch a nigga fooling twice and then I'm pressing that button Send his ass away, permanent vacate and start bluffing Must have moved to Honolulu, changed his name to McLovin Said you know what you know, that's for the pack to remember And if a nigga leaking these, we gotta Niggas say the dead don't talk, but that money do If I put a hole in his melon, I bet his honey do Shorty keep crying and screaming like that's helping you Bullets gave his brain a period for that decimal Niggas that can tough in the hood Till the wolves come Bitches let a drink in the club Till the wolves come Surrounded by the sheep in the street Till the wolves come Everyone strip on the floor Till the wolves come Heard them got them niggas, they be moving in the packs Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back Summertime, better be careful where you're at No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack Dipping, creeping through the night, it's precise Catch a nigga slipping for his ice, worth your life Answer yes, well, did nigga pay your price Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight Wait, are you gaming? On a Chromebook? Yep it's got a high-res 120Hz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Go ahead, break it down real Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus. This fall, the Disney Bundle has all the action. Holy smokes! Watch live NFL and college football games on ESPN Plus. 
On Disney Plus, there's Loki Season 2. It's on its way. And Ahsoka. Buckle up. And on Hulu, you can watch The Boogeyman and Welcome to Wrexham. Oh my God, the expectation. All of these and more streaming this fall with a Disney bundle. Blackouts and restrictions apply. 18 plus only. Access content from each service separately. Offer valid for eligible subscribers only. Terms apply.